Hey there, folks. What a day. Uh, what a week. What a world. What a world we live in. Welcome back, folks. It's the Uticast, episode 103. And this week, we are joined by uh, GFOP, uh, Oneida County Tourism. Uh, Sarah Foster is joining us for the first time since episode 2, 101 episodes ago. How do you like that? Uh, also this week, we're going to uh, dive deep into the strange week I had battling uh, the alt-right and uh, people on Twitter and Reddit who wanted to bring down our city. Uh, plus a couple other things. We're going to talk about vaping. We're going to talk about... Uh, we're going to talk about lots of stuff. It's a, it's a good one, folks. Episode 103. We're happy to have you, as always. Podcasting late into the evening for us. It was a very late start for us to do podcasting. Oh, you know, I didn't look at the clock until just now, but you're right. Well, we got caught up talking to uh, Sarah and Big Game James. Who, Shout out, always. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Welcome back, folks. It is episode 103 of the Uticast. Uh, we're here once again. It's also the temperature in here right yeah, now. It's, it's yeah. very it's degrees. So hot it's very right warm now. in the studio. Um, so. I know that I've started a lot of episodes of the show like this over the last few weeks, but this is, uh, again, I do apologize about this week's episode. We've had very minimal prep time for this week's episode. It's been quite a day for your boy. Just lean into it. I gotta lean into it. It is what it is. Uh, so, before we get into a lot of the things, uh, let's just say Sarah Foster joining us today uh, for the first time since episode number two, which makes her the longest distance between guests we will ever have in the show's history. No one will ever be able to beat that. 101 episodes mm. between shows. Oh, I know. Uh, it was nice to see her. I actually have not seen much of Sarah or James in a long time. So I've nice seen to... a lot of them on Facebook traveling all over the place. I'm you know, jealous of them. She gets upset when you, people tell her that, though. Really? Because she told me, and she says it during the interview, uh, she actually doesn't do all this traveling at once. She goes to traveling, and then we'll post things later on, but she'll oh. post things in bunches, so it just seems like she's going from, yeah, like, Paris every, to Tokyo. Yeah, every, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, where is she now? Where did yeah. she just go? I want to go there. <laughs> now, it's usually broken apart more than that, because I was giving her a hard time a bit about Regardless, it. she's traveling all over, and it looks mm. fun. Uh, so, I do have a bit of a spiel I'm going to dig into, so before I do, uh, Kevin, what's going on with you before I dig in? How's things, man? Uh, man, things are, things are good. Things are good. Uh, hit them hit with your spiel. Right. I can't yeah, get in the way go. of it. I mean, things are good. So, uh, this morning I did something that I uh, I never did before. I went kayaking. You guys ever go kayaking? Yep. Uh, once, a long time ago. But it wasn't one of the kayaks you sit in. Have you ever seen the ones, you remember the ones where you sit on top of them, mm-hmm. like a plastic pontoon, almost, yeah. have them up an inlet? <laughs> Only yes. that. So I've used the paddle before, but I've never <laughs> been the one you sit in. I did the one I sit in. I did that today for the first time in my life. I have to say, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I would have enjoyed it a lot more if it wasn't part of my work, and I had to do it while chaperoning a wide variety of students. So. I, listen, you are you are a capable, talented man with a lot of things, but <laughs> yeah. the fact that they sent you out there with just 50 kids on the river, I would not expect you to be a river guide. couple things I want to say. <laughs> uh, one, I was about an hour and a half later getting home than I expected, so that's a big part of why this is happening. But number two, can I say that I took to kayaking 
very quickly. Like a duck to water, some would say. Like a duck to water. It, it really, like, I understood... I don't even mean that I took to it. I mean, I understood the concept of how to make the kayak go where I wanted it to go pretty quickly on. Yeah. But I also, in that process, realized that my students were not going to be able to do that this easily. And that was really the problem, was trying to get all these, like... High school and middle school age kids to learn how to kayak in like five minutes. I have this visual of you trying to lead the way and everyone going opposite directions and backwards. And yeah, that lasted for about ten seconds, and then I was in the back of the group pushing people out of the reeds okay. the That's whole time. That's the move. You yeah. can't be out in front. You got to have a guy in front, but there's got to be guys in back. Yeah, we had a nice little chain system going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why I'm a bit late uh, for the show and prep today. So real quick before we get into the topics, I uh, just want to say this weekend coming up, we're not going to get another chance to talk about it. This Saturday, Franklin Square Film Series number two. Uh, 8 p.m. E.T. is going to be the movie. Uh, We filmed the E.T. trailer, which should be up by the time you guys hear the podcast today, if everything is going as well as I assume it is. Uh, A lot of fun. Please come out, support it. It's free, Franklin Square Film Series. Uh, I'll say this. I haven't watched E.T. in a long time. I watched a couple, like, clips to get into it. It's pretty good. E.T.'s a good movie. That's, it's widely regarded as a very good movie. That seems to be the consensus. When I was a kid, I cried during E.T., yeah. As a little kid, that's the only memory I really have of the movie E.T. When he was yelling, when he was yelling Elliot. No, at the end, when he goes back to his home planet, oh. that's when I... Oh, did I... Spoiler alert for the movie. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, spoiler guys. Spoiler alert for the 30-year-old ubiquitous <laughs> kids classic. Yeah, 25-year-old, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I cried during the movie. So part of my, my remembrance of that movie is I think of it as like like Bridge of Terabithia, where the Red Fern grows, like some horrifying, sad story. But everything I watched was hilarious. I'm like, this movie's funny. This is a good movie. <laughs> See, now you got to go back and watch the whole thing. I haven't seen it probably since I was a little yeah, kid either. Little. Uh, and for those of you who were wondering what I decided to do with my vacation days, uh, I'm spending most of them the next four days doing podcast interviews. So we're going to get a lot of interviews coming in this week. I'm very excited. There you yeah. go. Yeah. There you go. A lot of stuff coming up on the horizon. You're busy like a bee this weekend out there, just racking them up. It's been... I don't know when I'm going to sleep. Sleep is a myth, I That's, feel like. I hear that. Um, so let's get into the main topic of the week, which um, if any of you guys saw what happened on Twitter earlier this week for me on Thursday when I was uh, caught up in a situation based around a negative blog written about our beloved city, uh, you'll sort of know where I'm going with this, but... Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this as generally as I can because I don't want you to go read the article. If you haven't already, it's not worth your time. Um, you should go read uh, Arian's article in the Urban Phoenix, uh, which is much better. We've posted it on our Twitter feed and on Made in Utica. So go there if you want to read that. It's a much better piece. Uh, but basically, let me, let me put the time frame for you. On Thursday morning, an article was sent to me which was, uh, from a friend of mine which was uh, about a blog, which was really uh, a really racist, bigoted blog about the city of Utica, and it was sort of full of lies. I have the article in front of me. I'm kind of tempted to look at it, but I don't really want to. Uh, And I had this weird moment. I generally don't engage in posting or promoting something negative like this. That was my first initial thought. I wanted to to leave this be. Mm -hmm. And I read the article, and I got really annoyed. I got really annoyed. Uh, so I quote, I requote, retweeted the link to the article, and I wrote a quote that said, This is a garbage article by a garbage person. As my direct quote, right? Just throwing a Molotov at these animals on Twitter. I did not mean for this to become a big thing, but it seemed like a pretty ubiquitous topic on Twitter for the rest of the day, and then it made its way to Facebook and became something else as well. Uh, Heather, you read the article. 
you saw some of the posting on yeah. Facebook. What was your first initial thought when you read about it? And it did I make a mistake by posting this? Absolutely not. Um, it was it was upsetting. It was sad to hear that someone was saying such negative things about our area, and it was it really showed after reading it how much evolving people still need to do in our world right now. Um, but it was it was quite upsetting to, mm. to hear all the the racist remarks that she had. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty on the nose. It was yeah. pretty bad. And it was crazy. It, you kept coming up in my newsfeed. People kept sharing it. People kept coming. Yeah. They were so passionate about what you had said. And normally people are posting things and have opinions, but this one really got yeah. a lot of people. I don't. I, do, I couldn't for a long time put into concept why this one bothered me more than the other ones I've seen It was before. just different. This one was really... It was uh, just so negative. It, it was it, gross. It, it was, yeah, it, gross, yeah. So here... here I don't mean to no, cut you off. Go please, ahead. go ahead. Well, here's so I didn't I wasn't around that day, right? It yes. was a Thursday. We didn't really so talk much about this. To be we honest. haven't talked about this really at all. Um, I wasn't around for any of it, so I didn't really see much of it. I dug back. I read the article. I read Arian's article in the Urban Phoenix, which I thought was great. Yeah, that guy's. I like that guy. Um, and I saw a, you told me about some of the stuff you said and showed me some like a couple interactions like in some yeah. of the trolls and people. Here's my question, and that I don't that I don't understand about the situation yet. Did this lady's, like, low, did her blog have attention or traffic? Were you the person who broke this, or was this going around and you commented and made it so, bigger? Let me, let me, let me, let me frame that, because that's an interesting point, and I'm glad you brought that up. The way this article was found is that one of our Maiden Utica people, sure. whose job it is to be a Utica-based social media person, goes through the rounds every morning to do the Utica searches. You go to Google, you type in Utica. You go to sure. Twitter, Facebook, Reddit, whatever you type in Utica, and you see if anything pops up, anything interesting, anything relating to us that we haven't seen or covered, right? Just, mm -hmm. standard, just standard research, right? Yeah, yeah. And she typed in Utica on Twitter that morning and searched it up, and this was getting traffic from the American nationalists. Oh! Yeah, so the Nazis. Boy, those guys, the Nazis. Yeah, the Nazis. Um, so they were posting this as, like, well, look at this piece. Like, this is a wake-up call to Americans. This is what's happening to upstate New York, and this is happening to other country, other places all across the country. And so I think that was a big part of it, too, is, like, me seeing this... I didn't even... I didn't even see the article by itself. I only saw people reposting it on Twitter. That's where I initially sure. saw it, right? So I'm not only seeing the article, I'm seeing people quoting it and going, yeah, what a what a brave woman to write this article, right? No. And that was where it's like, yo, I can't I can't sit here. It's probably it's probably worth pointing out because you really I mean, you can you can seek it out if you want to. Um I don't think the lady should be given any attention, but that's that's kind of whatever. But so it's worth saying that the article was basically this lady who used to live here a long time ago, moved away like a decade ago, yes. and talked about how we've been more or less overrun by Muslims. Yeah. Yes. And like as evidence for the bad things happening here, she showed a picture of that church on Court Street yeah. that they completely that they completely renovated into a mosque mm -hmm. and like redid the whole building. She's like, This is bad and like the Muslims have taken over Utica. And these people are like, see, this is what's happening. They're happening. You're sitting here. You're living in Utica. You're looking around. You're like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking She's about? She's painting such a Like, and this lady lives in North area. Carolina, and she came back. She's like, I saw some people with headdresses moving into an apartment somewhere. It's all going to hell. And it's like, dude, I, what do you... It's crazy that that's real life for some people. No. You know, and I get... And Look, I work in the education sector. A lot of my kids are Bosnian or Indian or come from Muslim or Islamic backgrounds. And do you know what separates them from the other kids in school? Want to guess? Nothing. 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 They're all nothing. Nobody notices. Nobody cares. I've had, I learned all about Ramadan this week. It was fascinating. You know what I mean? And 
what I never what I never like is that when stuff like this goes around because stuff like this makes its way to kids now like kids are on Facebook I know that some mm-hmm. of my students saw this some of my mm-hmm. Muslim students probably saw this and said someone wrote this about like the place I live mm-hmm. right that's what somebody that's, wrote this about me someone wrote this about me this is a, yeah. this is me and someone thinks that I am this person mm-hmm. you know what I mean and that's that's the part I think where it got where I was like I need to I need to post I don't think something there's on anything this. wrong standing up when it comes to things like that ever mm-hmm. well what happened I think for me that really got me in a bad place was that I got targeted along with uh, Kate Riley and another uh, Ken Smith uh, thanks Ken for sticking up for us <laughs> uh, we got pretty put on blast by the, the American nationalists, so I think that I'm probably... Yo, I wonder how many of these new Nazi idiots, I wonder how many of their grandfathers fought Nazis in World War II. I wonder. <laughs> I'd like to see that statistic of how many of these, um, the new American nationalists, these fucking goons. I, uh, it does, it gets you really mad. And yeah. you, it's in, you said something interesting earlier, though, about towing the line between giving these people the attention that they're seeking sure. and not calling people out on their stuff. And that line is very gray and blurry. And that's, and that's... People keep saying, don't give them the attention they deserve. Don't just... But also, you can't can get, I, them get away with murder. Yeah. And here's so the part... Do you do? Do? When is it wrong? Here's yeah. what got me. And I want to get into this. This is, this is the part that really got into the sick neuroses in my brain. And this was sad for a second. Um, when I first posted this, it was on Twitter. Okay. Twitter is a much more broad platform than Facebook, per se, in that sort of way, all right? So when I posted this on Twitter, what I really got was arguments. I got people calling me out, calling me... I got called a liberal cuck. I got told I eat too much soy. Uh, Which is actually kind of of funny. (laughs) That's that's not the worst insult I've ever heard. Have you ever had soy in your life? Have I ever had soy in my life? I know, I'm asking you. I like soy. It's fine. Like, so it's okay. So it has many uses. Right. <laughs> There's many fundamental uses for soy. I don't have a problem with soy. But I'm just saying it's one of those things, like, you eat too much soy. It's like, dude, I've never even, like, I really had soy. Like, like, I'm not really, it's not, like, a big if part of my, like, diet that. or anything. Uh, like, soy sauce? I, I don't uh, I mean, I do ask for a couple extra packets at the Chinese, but... Well, I don't know if you understand. Did you catch the dig at that, though? No. It's because soy contains estrogen. Oh, Do you understand okay. what I'm saying? Is Which has now turned you into a cuck. Yes, now I'm a little cuck because of the soy. Yeah. This is awful. Yeah. Yeah. So then the guy. So then the the main. There were two main uh, American nationalists who got in fights with me this week. (laughs) I can't believe I'm saying this. I got blocked by like seven people. So the Nazis are coming for you. They're coming for me. They're gonna come down here and complain. I know. I know. Um, Pick it right outside. They're gonna be outside our house. I know. Your skinheads. So one of them requoted. My initial, uh, you know, this is a garbage article by a garbage person, and just wrote, told me to cry harder, which didn't make any sense to me, but I'm sure that the other nationalists thought that was hilarious. They, they, do. Even they, they thought, didn't know what it meant, they probably didn't. And then I started, but here's where the real sick stuff gets in. I start getting into the comments of people who are commenting on him talking trash about me, right? And then, it, and they're just going, look how easy it is to piss off the liberals. And that's where I was like, oh, you. You bastards. That's their whole thing. God. That's their damn. whole thing. We I was we don't have enough time on a show to dig into what these people are doing, but like it's that that's what they do. That's their whole game. I was and that was actually the moment when I decided I'm gonna post this on Facebook. Because I'll tell you why. If I'm getting this kind of reaction A lot on, more normies on Facebook. Actually, that wasn't what I expected. Mm-hmm. I expected it to get away from the hundred and forty character responses. Because that's what I was getting. I was getting a lot of like memes and a lot of like like just 
Pepe the Frogs and a lot of stuff you like that. You know been, I mean? Yeah, you should have just been smoking them with memes. I, I just said words yeah. after the first well, after one. Uh, but what really got is once I put it on Facebook, I was actually blown away by the other side, by how many people in our local community, here's people I barely I knew. I reading it. Yeah. I was like... Well, here, here's, here's what it comes down to. At the end of the day, if you live here and you read that article, you will find it very hard to agree with anything they say in there. Like, And I'm not even like... It's not even about these people and their overarching viewpoints. This article specifically, you read it, and then you look around. You drive, I drive these streets every single day. This is where I live. This is where I go to work. I go to the grocery store. Go wherever I go. This article is, is basically false. So for everybody who sees this on Facebook and lives here, they're all it's not a far jump for them. They're like, wait a minute, this isn't this isn't true at all. So I'm not surprised that it got that much support. It got a lot of support, and at one point in time late in the conversation a friend of mine said you should ask her to come on the show and defend what she said mm-hmm. and i responded with i'm actually kind of uncomfortable with how much i've already perpetrated in this lady come on the show i'll no, talk to you on the I show um, send the lady to talk to me on the show I'll but that was, but that was the moment where i i flipped back around on it where i was like i think i've made a mistake like i think that maybe well, that's i that's what i'm no. saying you go ahead well, and it wasn't until uh, Arian uh, wrote his article, which is on the Urban Phoenix. Uh, Arian Horbovitz, great guy. I've met him before many times before this. Um, and he's a, he's a great guy. He wrote this article, which was... And I, I, I reposted it on Facebook and Twitter, and I, I, I said it there. It was exactly what I needed after that day of garbage. Like, mm-hmm. it was the exact thing I needed to read and see uh, after that day. So I sent him a personal message on Facebook, and I said, Hey, listen, man, I love the article. Uh, made me feel so much better after all this crap we had to go through. And this is what he said, so I hope I hope I don't, you know, hope he's okay with me saying this, but it was pretty straightforward. He said, sure. Sam, thank you so much for your kind words. Uh, I think we all felt a little assaulted by what she said. I think so many of us are already trying to reconcile the hate we see on a national stage. And to see that hate spill over into a community we love was just so disheartening. We really needed something to rally around after that. And I thought that was um, very eloquent yeah. by Arian again. So... Thank you. I don't know if it makes me weird that I have a tough time taking somebody like this lady that wrote, that wrote this article seriously. No, I'll tell you. I have a tough time, like, it, engaging, acknowledging that person, like, on an adult level. Like, you read that article, you're like, you're not even, you're, it's so uninformed that, like, it's tough to even, I don't know, it's tough to even, like, get up in arms about it for me. Because I I, there's so many of these people out there, I'm like, yep, another one. I've only I, got I, so many hours in my day. I think people still get up in arms, though, a lot of because there's so many of her out there. Yeah, there's so I agree. many of yeah. her, and we're like, when? I agree, when, and I don't. I don't we disagree have to keep with... being so passionate about it because mm-hmm. these pe- these people are still going to keep saying what she's mm-hmm. saying. And, and that's what I'm saying. I don't know if it's to a detriment yeah. to me that at this point I'm so desensitized to it with people yeah. like that. I was like, okay, because you know we get so much negativity for a lot of the things we do, trying to make this city a better place. Mm-hmm. That's something we encounter from you know a very vocal subset of people that have always been around. And there just gets to a certain point where I don't have the mental bandwidth to engage with these people yeah. anymore. Well, I, you know I gave I mean? up after a while. I just couldn't take it anymore. I don't blame I, you. Um, so I'll have one last thing to say about this. Uh, of all the people who got angry about this article, and there were many people who got angry, and there are many people who actually stopped me at like work and on the street the next few days to sort of... Spend a lot of time on the street. We were, we're, 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 we're on the street, right? Uh, people stop me. No, people, I, did, I did get stopped a couple times more than I would normally uh, to say people who wanted to talk about that article and saw it and were very upset and were glad that it was out there and they had a story that made me feel better and like, you know, my family came from here and my family came from here, you know, and, you know, whatever. I'll make, my, my family's Syrian. We talked about this before the podcast. Like, I, I have a 
Syrian Christian family that came over here like you know thirty years ago to or not like three three generations ago to start a family. Like if I told that story as just the Christian side, I'd be like, what a great story. If I told it as the Syrian side, there'd be some people who'd be like, ugh, right? And that makes me annoyed, right? Because you just don't you put con you don't put context to just the words you see sometimes. I mean, everybody is so scared, and they want somebody to point the finger at. You see it all across the yeah. world right now. A lot of people mm-hmm. are very scared. It's a trying time to be alive in the world. You know what I mean? Like times are wild. Like people every morning talk about you're waking up having to defend yeah. something. Just and, every like you know, worldwide, and people need somebody to point that finger yeah. at. And for weak people like this lady, she points the finger at whatever the convenient boogeyman of the week is. Well, I think it's great that you posted it, Sam. Well, thank you. Really yeah, go get I'm. And you know who else? You know who else thought it was great? I posted it. My sister, let me tell you why. My sister Kelly is about 10 years older than me, and she's from this area. And as a matter of fact, she's right in the same age range as this woman. Right in the same age range, in fact, that they used to have sleepovers at her house when they were kids. So my The lady si- who wrote the article used to have sleepovers with your sister? My sister and all my sister's friends and this girl <laughs> used to sleep over at her friend's house, at, at this woman's house. Okay. Right? At her parents' house. And my sister told me that even then... She was outside of her mind, and people thought she was crazy. This was like in middle school, high school, and she's like, "I'm yeah. not." And she told me straight up, she's like, "I'm not surprised she wrote this. She was always weird. The family was always weird. I don't know much about the family or anything else, but that was the story I got. That this was a long time coming. That she's always been nuts. So, um, and that's the point where I get to. Where I'm like, why give this wacky lady a platform? I remember you told yeah. me that, but I forgot until you said it just now that it happened because yeah. I only got a chance to talk yeah. to you a little bit. That's so funny that this lady, it's, like, what a what a small, small world that this lady who, who, wow. Came after yeah. you. That's a wild tale. I know. It all wraps around. So if that lady's listening, if you tweet her with the podcast, uh, Sam's sister says hello. She remembers yeah. the sleepovers. You were crazy then. Get your head screwed on. Yeah, that's so crazy Please. Now. Or come visit. We'll take you out. Come visit. We'll show you all the wonderful things here in Utica and videotape it. Apologize. I can't wait until she gets to the the urban parts of North Carolina that also have lots of refugees. She's going to be in for a lot of culture shock. I don't think they got a lot of refugees in North Carolina. Raleigh's pretty refugee. North Carolina's pretty hard, though. They're the ones with the bathroom bill. That's true. They're backwoods. That's That's moonshine Uh, country, my friend. uh, I'll, I'll leave it with my one thing I said on Twitter at the end of this when I got tired of saying this. It must be really really truly terrible to live in fear all the time like it must be yeah. really crammy crappy must be exhausting life. yeah to be somebody like that yeah it must be really horrifying to spend your whole life terrified of mm-hmm. everything you see in every shadow in every corner everywhere and creating terror yeah like and fostering it, it. Yeah. yeah terrible all right so that's enough of that uh we had other stuff to talk about this segment but we went long on that so that's cool let's uh let's get away from all that negative crap and let's move into something positive uh the return of my very good friend gfop sarah foster she was here on episode number two uh, and she is here again to talk about United County Tourism. We're still just rolling through the people we hung out with for guests. Just, just people we days. were friends with. Uh, when we were, it's funny, she mentioned it. We did that interview because me and her and Kate had just come back from a volleyball game. That's I remember. I was here. You guys came home. We were hanging out. I'm like, oh, we'll do the interview. Yeah, good times. Good times. So um, it was great to see Sarah and, of course, Big Game James. Always a pleasure to have him here at the studio. So uh, here's our interview with Sarah Foster.
is a million degrees in here. I'm feeling bad about my voice. <laughs> Why, I feel like it's sounding like a man, yeah. Again, it's a good, sorry, husky. It's a good voice. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> so, a couple things I need to get out of the way with you right now before we get into the interview proper, Sarah okay. Foster. Uh, one, an interesting thing I noticed. So, you were on episode two. Yeah. With Katie. You guys were on together. Straight from a volleyball game. Straight from a volleyball yeah. game. We were all at the volleyball game. Yeah. Um, so you guys were on the second episode of the show ever. Now, Katie's been on many times since. Mm-hmm. So she is out of the running for this. Plus, she's part of the brand, so she doesn't get awards for when she comes back on the show. Uh, but we give out awards to people who've been on the show as guests more than one time. It's Ooh. called the Two Timers Club. So okay. I'm going to give you this trophy. Ooh, this is your you. Two Timers Club trophy. I love um, it. Can I pour a little seltzer? You can. It's, it's, <laughs> uh, now, I noticed something, though, too, because you are actually one of the first guests in the show. You have the longest time between your first podcast, episode two, mm-hmm. and this podcast, episode 103. Oh, my God. 101 <laughs> episodes. Wow, yeah, that's impressive. And no one's ever going to break that record <clears throat> because there's never been anyone else before you who hasn't been on the show already. You are now the, you. that's a singular record that you, Sarah Foster, have for the we'll rest of your life. We'll hold forever. Hold forever. Awesome. It's not so much a record, it is a weird statistic. I know, I feel like it's a, <laughs> on sports where they pull out these random stats mm. and you're like, whose job is it to actually keep track of that? Like, weirdos how do like they me. know that? These are, yeah, weirdos like me <laughs> like know it. this because we look it up. Speaking of sports, <laughs> uh, when I talked to you uh, at the, I saw you at the Brewers Fest mm-hmm. on Saturday. Uh, you were, you were supposed to be going golfing. Did you actually get any golf in? Yeah. Yeah. I shot my lowest round. Well, so James and I played, um, Shenandoah at Turning Stone. Sure. We had vouchers to use. Mm-hmm. So we got to play for free. And nice. <clears throat> we, um, went out. I did not play well on the front. Mm-hmm. And then I shot a 42 on the back, which is easily my best score ever. Um, you can take this whatever way you want it. I've known you for a long time. Yeah. I don't think that I initially, when I knew you, knew that you were into golf. That was kind of surprising to me that you yeah. were such a big golf. I know, did, it's kind of random. Did you always golf? Were you golfing like in, in like early, or did you pick it up? In no. Like... Um, you guys know Kelly Sneezek. I do know Kelly Sneezek. Yeah, so she's a golfer. She has golfed um, basically mm-hmm. since she could hold a golf club. Her, her dad got her into it really nice. young. That's smart. Um, super smart. My kids <laughs> will definitely smart. golf when they're young. Um, and she and I, we always played field hockey together in high school. Mm. We're never good friends. But then when I graduated high school, we somehow just clicked and started mm. becoming really good friends. She always worked at Crystal Springs, which is the course that her father owned. Sure. And she'd be that. like, hey, just come. I'm going to bartend, but like come over and we'll play a few mm. holes after. So I started playing with her, and then it kind of became a thing with my dad and brother. It was sort of like our bonding. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. It just It's something different. To do golf is very popular around here. It is. Well, we have twenty-seven <laughs> public golf courses in the county, so of course you know that. Yeah, I do know that. <laughs> and I mean, beautiful private clubs, but mm. <clears throat> yeah, um, it just it became addicting, mm. and I don't know. It's fun. And then I met James, and I think that's literally the reason he started sure. liking me was because I said I had a tea time the next day, and he was like, "Ooh, I have a tea time the next day." <laughs> oh, that's good. That's actually yeah. pretty good. Sarah, let's let's give some people a little bit of background because when you were on the show the first time, we really didn't have much of a format to the show. I think you, me, and Kate just talked about the Boilermaker. Yeah, for like those dinosaurs. Time. The dinosaurs. Yeah. They're still here. We're gonna do some photos <clears> before you leave. But uh, let's get to know a little bit about you. Sarah okay. Foster, because I did a little bit of research, oh, yeah. and I did. I had to go and do my... I'm intrigued. Yeah. So, I know you went to high school at VBS, but yes. I'm curious, did you go to, like, elementary school there? Where were you, like, born initially and raised up? I was uh, born in Utica, okay. and um, St. Luke's, 
I nice. lived in Oneida for a hot minute, mm-hmm. and then my parents moved to Vernon when I was 18 months old. Okay. Um, but then I actually went to private school. Really? Yeah, I went to St. Pat's kindergarten through sixth grade. So you went K through six private uh-huh. before going to a public yeah. high school. Yeah. And so all my friends were from Oneida because mm. St. Pat's is in Oneida. Yeah. So it was really intimidating. My parents basically gave me the option. We're like, do you want to go to another private school? Mm-hmm. Which it could have been Notre Dame. That would have been further. Yeah. Um, there was like Holy Cross, which the entire school is like 12 people. <laughs> and I wanted to play sports. Right. So, I mean, I thought about Oneida, but I think it would have been too complicated living in Vernon. Sure. So I just, I went to VBS for then high school. Now, I, I see you're playing, so you're playing field hockey in VBS. I'm trying mm-hmm. to put a picture in my mind. What were you, were you like a jock kid when you were in high yeah. school? <laughs> <laughs> Those are like the glory days. Oh my God, yeah. I miss it. Yeah. Um, I played field hockey and volleyball and track, but I did not like track. Right. Um, yeah. Field hockey, we had a phenomenal coach, Wendy mm. Seifert, and she, I mean, made the VBS field hockey program what it is. Mm. Um, and yeah, I mean, our team was... We were dirty. We were, like, not in, like, a cheap way, but, like, we were so good. Um, we were the first team from VBS to win mm. in sectionals at the Dome yeah. and go on. Mm. No team, every team had made it there, but no one had ever won. Mm. So then we played somewhere random against Maine Endwell, and then we played at what was PNC Stadium. Mm. Oh, really? Um, so, yeah, Sky Chiefs. So beautiful. <laughs> yeah, really it, was, beautiful. Uh, it was quite an experience. We lost in state quarterfinals whatever it was um but yeah we were awesome what i find fascinating about that is i love sports love 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 sports Mm -hmm. but i was always bad at sports i'm super uncoordinated i can barely ride a bicycle yeah so for me all my memories of sports are all me striking out a lot (laughs) like i think i played lacrosse for 15 games and never scored one goal that's what i remember that's all right though i mean yeah i feel like you learn not every sport isn't for everyone well what i learned for myself at least was sports was less about being good at sports and more about disguising exercise as something else yeah exactly so much and as i run now training for the boilermaker i'm like god i used to run all the time and i'd never felt winded in a field hockey game Running is such an odd thing. I'm glad you're right. This is your first boilermaker? Second. Second boiler. Yeah. So this is your second boilermaker. I've done some very poor training. Yeah. My training is very bad. Uh, I feel like I get bored running now all of a sudden. And I don't know when that started happening, but like I'll just start running by myself and I'm just like, this is, I just wish I was done. I'm not even tired. I just want to be done now. I know. (laughs) And I actually went through a period where I stopped using music, which my, my iPod broke. I don't use music. And then I stopped using it. And I was like... I was fine. I don't know why. I would just go around South Utica, and it was cool. And then last year, James was like, why don't you just bring your phone and use Spotify? Mm. And I was like, I don't need it. And then I started doing it, and I'm like, okay, I think we could all use a little Eminem while we, like, <laughs> to pump me up. And I stopped <laughs> wearing headphones because I did the running in New York City, which yeah. you cannot wear headphones. Right, so you'll, get you'll get hit by a car. car yeah. like anybody. Like, Person. Uh, and now <laughs> I've sort of carried that over here. And actually, I'm glad you said that because over the last few weeks, I've been sort of like, should I, like, start bringing something with me and running because maybe that's there honestly yeah. though like it's appealing to do both because mm. then when you when you run the boiler maker people tell you not to wear the headphones yes and i'm like well that's how i've been training but boilermakers you need though. to hear you want to hear if people are going to stampede you but you i like personally i want to hear everybody around yeah me. there's so much it's going exciting, on yeah. yeah that's more exciting than anything i'll hear in my headphones if yeah I'm the exactly 
Let's get into college for a second because I'm kind of curious about this. So you went to Marist College, yes. the Red Foxes. Yeah. Uh, and if your my internet research is correct, uh, public relations, psychology, and global studies. Yeah. Mm. I kind of forgot about those two, but yeah, <laughs> communications PR was my major, and then I minored in those. They made it very easy. Now at that point in time, did you know what you wanted to do, no. or did you just knew you wanted no. something in public relations? Uh, I didn't actually. I went for journalism. I literally I followed my mom. She went to SU. What did um, she do? She works at Hamilton College, media mm-hmm. relations. Interesting. Yeah, and uh, she she does a lot of writing. And, I mean, mm-hmm. I've always liked writing. James and I just had this conversation the other day. It's like, you kind of get it in your head, um, how they tell females and males when you're younger that, oh, men are generally better at math and science and women are better with words. I suppose. I, I, I don't know. math and science. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are exceptions, but I, looking back now, I'm so intrigued by science. I was not when I was younger, but... I've always liked writing. I've always liked words. Mm-hmm. I like reading. Um, but I went for journalism, and then, honestly, my advisor wasn't even that optimistic about it. Mm. And he was just like, you know, maybe you should look into PR. And it seemed, it, it's sad, but it was kind of trendy. I mean, it's like sure. that stereotypical college girl, oh, you're a PR major, like, but I was. But because well, journalism was interesting. I, I tried to track the journalism thing down. When, yeah. I, when I got out of Hunter, I, my, my like college one of my college professors I was like, what are you going to do now? Are you going to go, like, teach? And I was like, I guess. Yeah. You know what I mean? He said, you're a pretty good writer. Why don't you go do journalism? I was like, I don't know. Don't you think that, like, shouldn't I go write for an internet company or right. something? Like, what am I, I going to write for the Times? Like, it's not going to happen anymore. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard. Uh, so journalism seemed kind of daunting to me in this day and age. Mm-hmm. Although I am fascinated by it. I've always been fascinated yeah. by journalism. Do you write, like, but creatively? No. No? I love to write. I think I personally feel I'm a good writer, but mm. then I, I, I need to read over my things a few times because yeah. I use extra words yes. that I don't catch yes. right away, and then yes. I'm like, okay, Sarah, you can like tone this down a little bit. You don't need to write. like What, what could be said in one sentence? Mm. I usually write it in three, yeah. and so I have to calm it down. But. You're going to give me a hard time about this because I give you crap for being like a traveler and going all over yeah. the place, even though you say that you just post things later. At, <laughs> I do. I'm um, a delayed poster. Uh, but did you spend a semester in Rome while you were uh, there? Florence. Florence. Yeah. This is Because okay, I saw something on your Facebook. It was like, Lorenzo de Medici. Yeah. I'm like, is this a person? Lorenzo de Medici. <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah, he is. Um, I studied there my junior year. So that's where that global studies tied in. Yeah. That you basically had to take like one type of, I don't even remember the class. It was like a global business class and mm. study abroad. Yeah. And I had, at that point, already studied abroad, so I just had to do this one class, and those were enough credits to declare it as a minor. So you spent a whole time? You spent the whole semester? Four months, Four yeah. months there? I went in the mm. fall of, I want to say, 09? What was your oh, biggest yeah. takeaway of, uh, of Italy in your time? God, culture. Um, I, I've always been fortunate enough to travel. Like, my mm-hmm. parents, sure. when I was young, we, we would go away, and we would go to Mexico and Aruba, and I mean... I'm very grateful for it, but I had a so such a different mentality. Mm-hmm. Like my mom would be like, "Do you guys want to go to the pyramids?" and I'd be like, "No, I want to <laughs> go to the beach." Like <laughs> enough. And going to Italy absolutely 100% changed that. I mean, yeah, sure. it Europe in general is so different regardless like the history and I mean, culture, everything. Like mm. one of my first experiences there was that we went and ate at a super touristy place, of course, right by the Duomo, but mm-hmm. that's where our apartment was. And we finished our meal and we were waiting for the check. And we're like, where is the waiter with our check? And he comes over and like brings us a vat of wine. 
And we're like, what is he doing? Like, and oh, we also timed it so we were like not twenty one, we were twenty. Yeah. But like we could drink there, right, so right, it was right. even cooler. Yes, but we're like, once. why are they not like giving us our check? And it, it it's such a cultural thing, mm-hmm. and it's in a lot of different places. They really want you to spend time with people, sure. to have a conversation, to appreciate the people you're with, and and enjoy the food and compliment the food. It's it's totally different than the United States. What I've noticed, even when I go when I did my time in New York. In New York City, and I came back up here. I noticed that the pace of life is a little different. And yeah. I, maybe I'm extrapolating, but I assume mm-hmm. that if I went to Europe, the pace would be even slower yeah. than it is they in places. Siesta. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. these people are amazing. They mm. take vacations all the time. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, we talk about vacation. Mm. To them, it's I, life is like a, a privilege, mm. and I, not to say that Americans don't think that way, but we just have this mentality of work, work, work. Yeah, Honestly, for sure. I mean, we've done workshops with I Love New York mm. through work, and they bring in reps from, like, Australia, Ireland, UK, and they're all like, yeah, well, you know, every every person gets automatically eight weeks off mm-hmm. a year. Look at their happiness levels. <laughs> Look well, how they travel. I mean, everything is just so different I've been obsessed in a better this. way. <laughs> well, that's true. Well, I've been obsessed with this concept that I, I came across a few months ago, and the idea is it was a guy in his 50s was giving this article about as he was getting into his 50s, he was starting to spend... He was longing to spend more time with his friends and family, basically. Mm-hmm. And the idea was that in your 30s, your 30s become overwhelmed by just work and, like, sleep. You work and you sleep yeah. and you wake up and you go to work again. And there's and you, not much time for anything. And a lot of stuff gets pushed out <laughs> of the way. And I mm-hmm. think that once you start to slow down and look at the things you miss, you realize, man, I wish I had done this 30 years ago. Yeah. Like, 10 years ago. Like, it's I, so true. Yeah. Like I want to go to England. I want to go to. I want to go to London. I want to mm-hmm. watch the Liverpool game in Anfield. But like, I don't want to do it when I'm sixty. Right. Like, do it now. But how? Well, you know I mean, I mean, life. In my opinion, life is backwards because yes. you work your ass off <laughs> for so long, and then by the time you can retire, you are older. Yes. Your body is weaker. You can't physically handle things the same way. I mean, I don't know how you could ever reverse that. But no, I know. It's like in our twenties and thirties. I wish that we had that opportunity. I. I mean. No, it's really saying. interesting all the studies that come out now about like companies and owning businesses and uh, just the mentality and people making fun of millennials, which is, drives me crazy, but <laughs> we're awesome. <laughs> Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. And I love, how, just, I love how much you embraced it because I've sort of pushed back at the millennial I used because to. I feel like I am outside of the millennial age range. I think you're it's a broad range. I'm 29. So you're two years younger. Yeah, but you're you would still be it. But Do you no, remember there's when like there was no internet. Yeah. So I don't think you're a millennial. There are different. No, there are different um <laughs> parts of no. It, it's so interesting. Even my brother, he's four years younger. I consider him a different type sure. of millennial than I am. But I mean, first of all, everyone that makes fun of us are the people that raised us. Oh, so hoovers, like, yeah. you can't like hate <laughs> us that yeah. much. We just have a different way of going about things. And I actually, I mean, it was like a drunken conversation the other night, but talking with people about traveling and like you know the whole avocado toast thing like i know of it i don't understand what it is or what they're talking about they basically about, just like, make fun of us and say that we can't afford a house because we spend our money on avocado toast but I see. okay so <laughs> for as much time as we spend in our phones and now these older generations are doing the same thing we all like to travel okay. i mean i look at my friends 
everyone on Facebook. And yes, it's a bit of a social media thing. It's people that you want to post that you want a way to, it's sure, whatever sure. it's mental. And you get the satisfaction. We we're all guilty of it to a certain extent, mm-hmm. but we, it's like relates to the Europe thing. We have an appreciation yeah. for culture. And like, I love to go away to a beach, but like James and I went to Peru. I mean, that is just wild. And that was such a not relaxing vacation. And it was insane to learn about another culture. Yeah. And it, it really actually makes you then appreciate where you come from as well. But we might not be able to afford a house in the same way that different yeah. generations do. But guess what? We are so happy because we are experiencing what we want to experience. It might stress us out a bit money-wise, but in my opinion, totally worth it. I feel I think it's worth it too. And I think that um, I think that the problem for people in our age range was we were fed the line that was, right, all right, so if you go to school and you work hard and you go to college and you get a degree, you get a job. Yep. And for the most part, that's kind of true now. Like, it's better to have a degree than not to have a degree. Right. But I don't think that the general... I think there's a large group of people who look at that and go, I don't think that's... Mm-hmm. I don't think I need to have this anymore. Like, no, you I, need... It's an, a different world You now. need experiences and you need yeah. personality, whatever it is. And also, yeah. we're not getting pressured to... I don't know about you. You and you and James have been together for long enough now where you may get pressured from your family, but I don't... I don't get yeah. pressured anymore <laughs> to get married and have kids because I feel like I've already moved past that age where yeah. it's going gonna to happen at this point. People say it, but people think we've been together for a long time. We really have. It hasn't been that long. It's been like a year and a half. Not That's even. a long time for someone like me. I haven't, it is, I haven't been but people are like, oh, like, the wedding's coming up. And honestly, I'm like, That's, you guys, it's really not. like. No, and then they think that we're kidding, and we're not. Like, mm-hmm. James and I are paying off our debt and modern, we're doing our thing and we're traveling modern romance is very very different than the romance that our parents generation yeah. grew up with like i i talk about this all the time and i've already gotten we've already we've gone 17 minutes i've gone way past oh my my notes, God, but that's all right. already. um but the point I, like when when i was in new york i talk about this all the time uh i had a girl down in new york that i was very much in love with mm-hmm. and i she was in love with me at least i think she was at the time yeah like, like, we're, we were very serious and i knew that she didn't want to have kids mm-hmm. and I've never really come to terms with whether or not I want to have kids, I suppose. Yeah. Like, I I have nieces and nephews who I love, and I grew up with sisters, and it was important to have, like, kids around the house, but, like, right. I, don't, I don't feel like I should be raising any kids right now. I'm yeah. kind of a mess, right? So... It's not for everybody. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah, and your mentality yeah. can change anyway. And up until things changed logistically, like, me and her sort of came to this term, like, maybe we will just get married and just enjoy being married. Yeah. Instead of having... And not go into severe debt with children. Yeah, because we can't afford to have kids. Yeah, I know. We could afford to be two people who love each other. Mm -hmm. That doesn't cost anything. Very true. Exactly. All right, before I get too far off track, we've gone way off. I want to hit the actual things I brought you here to talk about. Okay. Which was uh, (laughs) United County Tourism. What is your byline there? What's your actual job title? Uh, Director of Sales. Director of Sales. Yes. So... What is your, like, day-to-day, like, down there for you at OCT? I see you all over the place representing United County Tourism. So, like, you seem like your job changes day-to-day sometimes. It does. Yeah. And that, I mean, that was part of the appeal to me. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, I don't consider myself necessarily a sit in the office every day. However, there's something to be said about going back to my office mm-hmm. after I've been traveling. I very sure. much appreciate it. <laughs> yes. It's nice to just sit in there. Um, so... I mean, lately it's changed a bit because we have this new um, system, Simple View. So everything that I used to just kind of handwrite or put on my calendar, sure. we now have to enter everything into this system. Uh, so it's yeah. like all our leads, okay. whenever I have an appointment, whenever I meet a company, whenever mm-hmm. I take a business card, we have to put them in. It's actually very hard for me to get into this habit um, oh, yeah, for because sure. I've You're been doing things differently bit. for yeah. over 
I've been there for over six and a half years, and I was doing it for almost six years oh, yeah. the other way. So it's like I went to a show in Albany a couple of weeks ago with meeting planners, and having to go back instead of just sending everything out sure. to the hotels, like I send right. out my leads to local companies, I now have to put it in Simple View, and then I actually have to somehow figure it out how to like send it to them via Simple View. But I am having we're doing a conference call with Simple View oh, tomorrow to a conference call. to catch up, yeah, I, and figure out what I need help with. There are a few things in this planet that give me more heartburn than a conference call, especially I know. when I have nothing to say on them. Because that used to happen when I was at the insurance company all the time. Yeah, like, kind of these like big giant company wide. Like, why are we doing this? Just I mean, mute me. No, I know, me. but this is actually a useful one. He contacted <laughs> and I said, "Can we actually jump on a call because I need help." So, I was talking to a couple of my students a few weeks ago, and I was discussing this idea that since, like, the 1960s until about the 2000s, like, Utica was, like, a declining population. Like, the yeah. city's kind of gone down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then over the last 10 years, I feel like the population's gone up. There's a little bit more of a positive buzz about Utica and I this agree. area in general. Yes. What would you say, you might be the person to ask on this, what's, like, the number one thing that people are interested in New York and upstate New York? Like, what's the, what's the draw for people outside of New York to come to upstate New York these days? That's a great question. It's a loaded question. It sure is. Because when people ask me what they can do, my question is to them, what are you interested in? Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I don't mean to give my pitch, but like... No, please. I'm... But if you like museums, we mm-hmm. have the Welland Museum at Hamilton that's free, and we have Munson Williams, which sure. gets, I mean, Very crazy normal. exhibits. Like, yeah. they Monet and Matisse. That's insane that we had that in Utica. It's, it, and people then, sometimes don't pay attention to this. No, they don't. And, and they also have a permanent collection, and they do these cool things, like, on the side. But then we have theater. So, like, you know, my mom sure. loves plays. She loves going to Broadway oh, yeah. shows. Well, I like to take her to New York City if I can, but the, the reality is that I can't afford that all the time. When you it's take crazy. transportation, a hotel, dining, tickets. tickets, you can have a night out in Utica and... Go to a, go to dinner and then go to a show at the Stanley and you are seeing a top of the line show. Oh, yeah. I mean, theater league. they're amazing. Yeah. yeah, they bring in these Broadway shows, and then we have the golf side and then we have the nature. I mean, we have hiking and kayaking and I, then we have the agriculture side. <laughs> and this is something that like I I went to VBS. I took it so for granted. Oh yeah. When I was yeah. there, I was like, why does the FFA get to go leave in the middle? Future Farmers of America. Yeah, yeah, sure. Why do they get to leave? And they're in the parking lot, and they're riding their tractor, and they're getting maple syrup. And now I look at that, and I'm like, whoa, we are so lucky to have this. I mean, we have a farmer's market every single day of the week during the summer, Mm -hmm. and we have a market that goes all year round. You go to a city, I mean, yes, they have markets, but it's not the same. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're literally going to a farm that I pass on my way to work or, you know, whatever it is. And uh, then we have, obviously, the brew side. Um, the casinos, it, there's just, really just such a variety. The history, Fort Stanwix, the Erie Canal. I mean, it's hard to say. What I would say locally, what I believe was the biggest change in perception, because I can tell you people are a lot different to me, their reaction when I tell them my job now than they sure. were three years ago, four years ago, that five years ago, sense. six yeah. years ago, the Comets. The yeah. Comets and the Calder Cup, when that happened, mm-hmm. that created... A ridiculous sense of community. Yes. I mean, businesses were hanging banners. People were proud. They were like, they wanted to like let you know that they were from Utica. Mm-hmm. And that is what I believe started shifting people's minds locally. And not everyone's there. I hope eventually 
they think, they get there, but it's hard to not look. I'm not even a hockey fan, but it's hard for me to look at like the success of the Comets, and I even sometimes think about going back to like Utica College hockey, playing at the yeah. odd, which sort of showed people, or at least showed the odd folks, like oh, people people like to come watch hockey. Yeah, I guess we could actually bring it. You know what I mean? I, I know. I think, and it makes it, it resorts, yeah, back to what it used to be. It's crazy to me too because, like, I get I don't like hockey really at all. So yeah. it's like I good for everybody. I'm glad. Everyone. Yeah. Let me ask you this question because um, you sort of touched upon this, and this is uh, this is the last one I'll hit you with before we get to the lightning round. But uh, when we were doing Utica Day at MVCC, one of the things that came up during the topic of conversation was people feeling like they never knew when events were. They're like, right. well, there's all these events going on. How come we don't know where it is? Do you feel like sometimes, and I feel like this with made Utica side at least from sometimes, it sometimes it feels like you're screaming into the void. Like I can put out 17,000 ads yeah. about something, you're talking about it a thousand times and people will still be like, how come I didn't hear about it? Yes. Do you think that there's well, something to be done about that or is it just the, the, the way that media is these days? No, I, 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 to be honest, I don't know what the solution is. Yeah. Made in Utica is actually my reference now when sure. people say that they want to know because they do that weekly roundup we go on to this It's great. amazing. Ada does a great job at that. Yeah, I, I know. I feel like I remember like being out with her. She's like, I got to go home and do the roundup. And I'm like, oh my God, that's like, an in, it's intense. I mean, it's yeah. not just a list. It's like, here are the addresses and the times and they're mm-hmm. separated. But um, I mean, we even, we try to keep an events calendar, but then it's like the chamber has an events calendar. Yeah. But people obtain information in different ways. Yeah. So how do you ever reach all of them? I really don't know. I, I wish there was a solution to have one yeah. massive area that you can always get events. But I just... I tell people, like, please pay attention to our website, look at Made in Utica, you know, go to your chamber, see what people are putting on a community calendar. I think sometimes, too, and especially in this particular type of area where there is this mix of, like, young folks and yeah. old folks, I think there is something to not totally ignoring traditional media, although, like, mm-hmm. in my experiences, I've always sort of circumvented traditional media, that's yeah. just my lifestyle, but, like, I do see that there are people who just don't have, are not interested in Twitter or Instagram right. or Facebook or any of that, and if you are only banking on this one side... Yeah, then you're I'm, missing groups. Yeah, you're missing groups. Right. And, that's, uh, and the other side, the traditional one, is the one I gotta get better yeah. at, Yeah, well, it's funny you say that we were, uh, I was at a Catalyst meeting right before this. Oh, nice. And we are doing our barbecue, our it, Wednesday, July 12th. Oh, nice. Plugging it. It's our oh, be local barbecue. I'm and excited. It's, it's super cool. But um, they were talking about maybe working with the OD and seeing mm-hmm. about, you know, tickets and an ad. And someone was like, I don't know if an ad's the right demographic. And my counter was, this barbecue, we don't limit it to anybody. Uh, it, yeah. we, you don't have to be under 40. Any age can come. And member or not member of the chamber, anyone can come. So yeah. why don't we hit that medium? I mean, it's a totally yeah. different group that you can get exactly. to come. And that's the thing. I mean, I always think about it when I got this apartment. I spent three months like, looking for apartments in Utica on yeah. Craigslist and on all of the internet. I found this place in the OD. Yeah, you never know. One day we walk in. It was an She didn't even know what the internet was. And here you are. Um, so, Sarah, again, I want to thank you for coming in. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me. One more time me. before we get to the lightning round. Uh, just I want to plug, where can people go? Nonacountytourism.com is the yeah. website. Yep, go to our events tab. Um, and honestly, follow us on Facebook now. Like, we just share everything. And, yeah. oh, that's what I was going to say, too. The problem is we sometimes don't know about events. Yes. Um... So if you have something, tell us. And what Mike Beck actually brought to my attention recently uh, was that Mike Beck? Great yeah, guy. give him a shout out. He uh, learned that you can make a co-host on an event on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So for example, he made Oneida County Tourism a co-host of Wine in the Wilderness. Nice. It automatically shows up as an event on our page. That's pretty good. It's amazing. So all these companies should take advantage of that and let us promote their events. <laughs> 
That's why I had to finally flip the switch and go back to Facebook because I stayed away yeah. from Facebook for such a long time. It's, but you, it's hard to ignore. It's annoying, than, but... <laughs> well, more than any of the social media networks, it's the easiest one to get people to traffic to. It's the easiest one exactly. to share it from. It's also the one that has the most chance to make me triggered by yeah. the end of the day. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, yeah, so, no, I agree. <laughs> so let's get into the lightning round questions. Okay. Uh, these are the same five questions uh, that we normally ask oh, everybody. No. I had to get rid of one of them for uh, liability reasons. Okay. But uh, that's okay. We'll move along. <laughs> uh, so number one, Sarah Foster, when you wake up in the morning, how do you take your coffee? Um, I take it with a little bit of almond milk or black. Are you an almond milk person for taste or because you can't drink... No, I'm trying to just be healthier. I like the almond milk. I think it's really yeah. good, too. I'm just oh, kidding. I know. We mix it with, like, smoothies and yes, everything. Nice. Protein shakes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you may or may not uh, remember, what was your first automobile? It was a RAV4. An old oh, school RAV4. Oh, the that rounded was, ones? Yes. Yes. And then I totaled it. But it was amazing. Was it your fault? Yeah. I fell asleep driving. You Crazy. fell asleep driving? Yeah, yeah. And People, you if you... Not while I was driving to New Hartford. If you don't think it can happen, it can happen. Oh. So always... Pull over oh. if you're tired, yeah. Oh. But I was fine. I walked out without a scratch, so. Well, that's good. Yeah. So, uh, you may or may not have taken uh, your RAV4 before you crashed it to see it, but what was your first live music concert? <laughs> I think it would have been Dave Matthews Band. Dave Or, Matthews. actually, no, it would have been Backstreet Boys. Are you Dave Matthews Band person? It's I okay. feel like I'm I can't even... No. <laughs> People are such haters, and I don't really get why. Everyone makes fun of... Dave Matthews shows, I mean, that's like They're what great. we did in high school. Oh, yeah. Actually, my mom and her, my my mom and my friend and her mom all went to one, and we made them sit on the lawn. Yes. Well, we sat in the pit, and then we realized that it was better the other way around, so we went to the lawn. <laughs> but, yeah, they put on a great show, but I, I don't know. People people hate on them, and then I'm like, why? Like, I've never gone to a Dave Matthews show where I felt like... This was terrible, ball. Yeah. I like Dave Matthews just fine. I think the knock on Dave Matthews is always been the knock with like other bands and the same thing. It's like, I don't mind Dave Matthews. I don't like Dave Matthews' band fans. Seems yeah. to be the argument. Right. Like, I don't like... There's being... a stereotypical fan behind a Dave Matthews. Well, I, I'm sure there is yeah. a stereotypical everything. Like, I've, I'm sure that when people came to see like the punk rock shows we used to go to, like, look at all these nerds. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I'm sure that they said the same thing about yeah. us, so I don't judge them. But I like no, it Dave definitely... Matthews. It would have been Backstreet Boys, though. I like... Oh Backstreet Boys. Yeah. You were Backstreet Boys over in sync? Oh, yeah. I, like, mm-hmm. oh my god, I used to fight people. I met the Backstreet Boys twice. <laughs> really? Who's yeah. your favorite one? Nick. Nick? Yeah. Is he still around? They it? I think he, I feel like they're all around. So aren't they coming back on tour? <laughs> I don't know. I'd have to look Or they're doing, out. yeah, I don't know. Uh, all right, give me one book, one album, one movie, or one television show you are currently reading, listening to, or watching. Uh, <laughs> not proud of this, but Pretty Little Liars. I've heard, no, a lot of people talk about that show. I don't know much about it, but uh, I've heard lots of good things about it, actually. I mean, if you had asked me this a month ago, it would have been 13 Reasons Why, which yes. was, yeah. a, I, in my opinion, I think that should be shown yeah. across the country in high schools because... It's troubling to watch to a certain extent. Oh, yeah. It makes me happy that I didn't grow up with the internet in high school. It. But, yeah, it. It, that was really intense. Um I thought it was phenomenally made. I That was another one I saw a lot of arguments about, but it's a I show. watched it, and it was... um. It's just reality. But, yeah, Pretty Little Liars. It's stupid, but it's addicting. I love them. Uh, so besides, <laughs> uh, and finally, besides Pretty Little Liars, besides United County, behind, uh, besides golf, besides being a part of the community, uh, give me one more thing that you, Sarah Foster, are passionate about. Oh, man. Well, I feel actually it almost relates to that. Mm. 
what I just said, the, the bullying. Um, and it's something that I'd like to get more involved, mm-hmm. I think, with. But, uh, you know Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad? Yes. Yeah. Um, his wife, Lauren Paul, is an angel. She's absolutely beautiful, but mm-hmm. you can just tell. She's one of those people, and it sounds stupid, but I know if I met her, I would become instantly sure. friends with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she just has this mentality and, like, loves nature and space. He talks and talks about her all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and they're obsessed with each other, yeah. so they're super cute. But she does something called Kind Campaign, and she and another female go around to middle schools and maybe high schools across the country and have assemblies with all the girls, mm-hmm. and they talk about bullying. And they, by the end of I mean, I literally cry watching these Instagram videos. She'll have girls... Like on stage, apologizing publicly to a girl that they bullied. That girl coming up, hugging her. Um, it was why I started trying to actually get involved mentoring a few years ago, and then I I really just didn't do more with it. But it, it's just that idea that life gets better. You, it's you know, and I, it's so hard to understand when you're that age. It's crazy. I working in the education sector now and yeah. dealing with students. Uh, it's funny because you, you have these scenarios in your head for like what will happen if you have something like this happen. Right. Like a kid who comes in with, you know, yeah. slices on the wrist or whatever, or someone is obviously yeah. showing depressive behavior. Like, how do you handle it? And you have these ideas in your head for what you could do. Like, you know, there's things you can look up as a teacher or right. educator. But as you start to try and give some kid advice about life, you realize that, like, they're not going to understand it because you wouldn't have understood it if some adult I had know. told you back then. You only learn a lot of this stuff through life experience. You do. Yeah, and it's hard to explain life experience to somebody yeah. when they're distracted by everything else, including all the stuff we're throwing at them. Exactly. And, and tests and this and this and this. In life blah, blah. in general. Yeah. And, and then you throw in social media. I mean, if you think about it, like back to when I used to get in fights with my parents in high school... And I was like, let me just experience it on my own. I know what's best. Yes. And they're like, you don't know what's best. But like, no. I, on the one hand, you have to learn for yourself. Hmm. On the other hand, they've been through more. But yeah, yeah it's a, uh, it's really tough. I just uh, that's why I think mentoring is hmm. a, a cool concept if you actually can spend time with kids and like you you act as an adult in their life, but you're not a parent, so they might maybe trust you more. We can actually get into this a little bit off the interview because this is something that involves what yeah. I do for a no I know so, yeah. uh, no and I, I see a lot of it in my line of work and it it does make a difference I yeah. see those kids who are like and we don't even have enough like and that's that's behind the curtain like we don't get enough people who commit to be mentors and yeah. then continue doing it exactly right? it's hard to and I'm sure me it's, it's hard kid. it is what it is and you know for some reasons it's reality some reasons it's right. I have a kid or I have a job or I have whatever but sometimes it's just you like the idea of the commitment and then once it shows up you're like oh god I forgot mm-hmm. you mean uh, and it's tough it's yeah. just the way it goes but like these kids do need somebody because sometimes there's nobody there with yeah. them, you know honestly I'm yeah. sorry really quick Julia uh, posted something today Julie it was Whitney, like a yeah. note yeah I think from one of her students yeah and it really reminded me of the same. I mean, she probably, I'm sure she knew, but like didn't realize the effect that she was maybe having on yeah. this kid. And they're just like, thanks for being my friend. I'm like, oh my God, like that's intense. I actually, but awesome. I had a student do that to me this week. I'll show you the, I'll show you the That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, we've gone 35 minutes, Sarah. So I'm going to. <laughs> uh, th- no, no, it's great. It's perfect. I want to thank you for, for coming in and spending yeah. time with us. I really appreciate it. It's thank always you. a pleasure to see you. I know. I know we haven't seen much of each other lately. I know. We've been busy. Uh, oh, yeah. I go through my phases. Now that it's nice out, I feel like I'll be out more. Everyone's awake now more. At least, yeah. we, at least we have the boil maker coming up. I know. For sure. Well, yeah. So then I'll be healthy for a month and then I'll be like, let's go out. Yes. Yes. True story. <laughs> uh, folks, we'll be back to the show in just a moment.
And thank you once again to Sarah Foster. Uh, there is no theme song this week. We went back to using original music only. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> You're about to get cease and desist on I know, so, yeah, okay. Uh, anyhow, we'll move on past that. Uh, I my do, lawyers advised me to move on past my that. My lawyers have advised me to not discuss that. Um, my lawyers have also advised me that everything you guys said is a lie. It's all slander. It's all terrible. Sorry. The best lawyers. I have the best lawyers. Um, <laughs> You're going to need one now. <laughs> I know, right? After all the after all the nationalists come after me. Uh, uh, so, again, I didn't have a chance to do the history lessons in proper this week, so they're not in order. So we're going They're never in, in order. I tried for a while. I just <laughs> one, time. one time. One time. One time. <laughs> and because it fit your narrative. I tried for a while. Because it fit your liberal agenda. Well, I have no... facts in order. <laughs> I have no narrative It today. fits your liberal agenda to use facts and dates and well-reasoned, thought-out oh. things. I'm going to drink so. this while you guys belittle me. That's fine. <laughs> yes, I'm into it. So... When Sam was 12. <laughs> I didn't know him, but what is it? Me either. <laughs> so, on this day in 1994, Nicole Brown Simpson and Ron Goldman were murdered. Um, Ooh, did you watch a documentary on that? See, that's the thing. I'm kind of fascinated that the OJ thing For the show. is super, like, people are fascinated by the OJ thing again all of a sudden. It's 20 like, years. 20 years later, it's all it of a sudden it's a big deal. Do you when remember, it's 20 years, everybody does it. Do you remember the actual event happening at all? I only ever remember seeing the vehicle I going to, and then the reporter showing the helicopter with the vehicle going down the road. That's all I, I actually remember. I became aware young. of OJ with the Bronco. And Bronco. I used to, yeah. uh, the Bronco chase, when he had the white Bronco chase. I remember, yeah. And I remember when I was at a kid, when I was a kid at my grandparents' house, my grandmother would always buy like the National Enquirer and the Globe and like all those different tabloid magazines. And they covered the OJ case very heavily. And like when I was a little kid, I was a voracious reader, and I liked to read them. It was really interesting, and it felt like I was like some you know edgy, like hearing about sure. some real grown up shit. Certainly with the OJ case, and I used to read about it in like the National Enquirer when it was going on. I remember, and I mean, who knows how conflated all that stuff was, but it was wild. I remember very specifically, and this is a really weird memory. I may have talked about this before, but I used to have a Super Nintendo in the upstairs room of my my mom's room because they didn't want me playing Super Nintendo in my room at all hours of the night, so they put it in my mom's room to make sure that... Yeah, she's smart like that. Looks like the computer's won, Ma. Yeah, the computer's won. So I remember I was up there with my dad, and we were playing uh, Super Nintendo. We were playing Ken Griffey Jr. baseball for Super Nintendo, Yankees versus Mariners. And I was kicking his ass, and all of a sudden my mom goes, uh, Sam, come down here. And she calls my dad down. He's like, I'll be back in a minute. And then he never came back upstairs. Like, like... 10, 15, 20 minutes later, I was like, well, that was weird. So I went down the stairs and be like, what's going on? Is this game over? What's up? I, did, you're going to concede defeat? You mad because you're losing? You mad, yeah, you mad, you mad brah? <laughs> and, uh, and him and my mom and my sisters were just like awestruck staring in front of the TV. And I had no clue what was going on. I'm, I'm got to be eight at this point in time. So I, have n- I got not a thing. So that was all I remember. I just remember my parents were really flabbergasted by it. And I couldn't play King Griffey Jr. baseball anymore. So that was a shame. Mm. Huh. Uh, but I do find it fascinating that, like, it is 20 years later, and now people are obsessed with it. It is an interesting, it's a fascinating case. It really is when you start looking at all the well, details. Well, we're so young then, so now I know I'm learning more than what I knew. I think people don't then. remember that OJ was famous before this. Yeah. That's the thing that people forget. Yeah, I didn't well, know that. Not even that. People, people can have, like, a, a, a knowledge of it, but people didn't live through it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't, you know, that'd be, that'd be the equivalent to, like, if... When Tiger Woods and his wife had broke up, instead of like her just smashing up his Escalade and him going to rehab, if he had killed, killed her, her, yeah, and then went on a police chase, like that's the level you're almost yes. talking about. Yeah, yeah that's where was... your parents are at. They would know. They knew more than. Yeah, yeah. He Plus, was. That was the dawn of a lot of things. That was the first thing they covered all the time. 
Yeah, this was a perfect time and place. Ninety four, just getting into like this kind of coverage. Twenty four seven news coverage like yeah, that was court. T- the court TV, the cable channel, started because of that case. I think, if I'm not mistaken, because they needed because people were so enraptured with the like. Well, we can sell advertising here. Let's get this on TV immediately. And so that was like one of the first times. That was one of the progenitors to our modern, like almost perverse twenty four seven can see everything news cycle. That yeah, I think about that, and then the Gulf War. Gulf War oh, was yeah. also like Gulf pumped War over our television yeah. constantly. And those two things were only separated by two to three years too. So that's yeah. like a. That's I remember them like at the same point. time almost. Oh, we were little kids. We had bigger things to worry about. It's true. It's true. On this uh, on this day in nineteen forty two, Anne Frank received her diary from her father Otto Frank. Uh, I only bring this up because like all my kids are reading Anne Frank's diary mm-hmm. in school right now, uh, so I've had to read through it. Yo, that book is depressing. Yeah, it's sad. That's yeah, a it's sad very book, sad. especially because I know how it ends, mm-hmm. and I have to pretend that I don't when they ask me. Mm-hmm. They're like, "What happens?" I'm like, "Just, just read it." What happened to Anne? I'm like, mm. <laughs> mm, "It's not great." Let's just put it this way: it's not. Just get behind Otto. Otto's gonna survive. <laughs> He's gonna make it through. <laughs> You're uh, gonna want to be an Otto guy here for this one. <laughs> That was actually, that's the one of the few books that I don't remember much of from school. I remember a lot of the books I read in school, but I only remember the gist of Anne Frank. There, I feel like we read a lot of depressing books in school. You think Every, you're supposed they're to. They're all sad. They all ended. They're supposed to educate you for I life. Know, life is tough. I know, but I. Life is very tough. No. It's true. No, I think it's true, though. Like, I, I talked about it with my kids. Like, there were books I read growing up, uh, Bridge of Terabithia specifically. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Where the Red Fern Grows. Books that my mom gave me and didn't tell me these are going to traumatize you know, and forever. teach you the lessons of, like, sadness and loss, but, like, that's what those books did. Yeah. Right? Like, Anne Frank teaches you something about, like, the human condition as a student when you read it. The problem is that students today are not engaged in literature in that way. Like, it doesn't resonate with them the way that it resonated with our generation. Because it's not presented if to them it in the right even resonated, format. though. I don't know how many people it really resonated. It was just a story that everybody knew because everybody talked about it. Yeah. I don't know. I think it depends on your personality. But your experience level as well. Things that you've already been through. Like, yeah. you read you read Frank at a certain point in your life, you go, okay, I, yeah, this is also sad. Life can be. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think, too, actually, I read uh, a different book about Nazis. In, we're talking a lot about Nazis this week, aren't we? Well, yeah. Yeah, for all good reasons. <laughs> the Na- episode 103, the Nazi episode. The Nazi episode. Don't put Sarah on that. I feel bad for her now. Uh, so, no, um, I remember a book called The Devil's Arithmetic, which is another kind of book that I read in high school, which is the same kind of thing about a girl who, like, has a... She gets stuck in a concentration camp, like, out of time, right? It's, a, it's almost like a Twilight Zone episode. It's a pretty good, it's a pretty good book about that. Uh, and then I only have one more history lesson today. On this day in 1962, Stanley Kubrick's Lolita was released. Uh, I like Stanley Kubrick a lot. I think he's probably one of my top three favorite actors, but I've never seen this movie. Is it weird if I call Stanley Kubrick one of my favorite directors, but I've never seen one of his films? Uh, no. Okay. No, it's not. Because you your favorite is super subjective anyway, but I know what sure. you're saying. Um, no, because you can't see all the things all the time. If you've seen enough of him... Right. Like, there's bands that you probably like a lot, and you call one of your favorites where you haven't heard every single song they've ever written. It's true. I can yeah. think of... I, lo- yeah. I love the shit out of Radiohead. There's some B-sides that I wouldn't really... I heard that B-side in your car that one time. I'm like, what is this? Yeah. That's like a famous Radiohead B-side. I wasn't even familiar with it. Yeah. That's the way it goes. There's only so much you can consume. I always think about it with movies, it's different, though there's less quantity, right? There's like, how many movies does Kubrick have? What, six? Seven? You know what I mean? Like, no idea. Like, uh, you know, it's like, I've seen enough with <laughs> right, 2001. movies are three hours long. That's like it's true. three albums. Yeah. yeah, 2001 alone maybe just makes me think he's one of my favorite directors ever. Mm-hmm. Do you ever watch any Stanley Kubrick? No, I don't know. 
The Shining? Yes. Did you like The Shining? I did. So there you go. <laughs> I'm a fan. <laughs> I really like yeah. him. <laughs> shout out to my buddy Adam Goldstein, who is the world's biggest, uh, the biggest, biggest Stanley Kubrick I thought fan. you were going to say shout out to my buddy Stanley Kubrick. And everybody, <laughs> I was like, we're not going to I'm going to have to go ahead and... Um, <laughs> settle, settle down a little there. So I had a couple things we could talk about from the last time. Did, you had news you wanted to bring in that you wanted to discuss this week. Is this not true? Oh, no. There's some... I mean... A couple of things. Um, Take the floor. Take the in, floor, please. In other news, um, the there's an epidemic going around. Okay, nice. On selfies. Ooh, <laughs> a selfie epidemic. Um, basically, uh, you consider your lifespan of twenty seven thousand three hundred seventy five days. They're saying that the average millennium will expect to take 25,000 selfies of themselves. Wait, but give me that number again. How many days 20, was our life? Twenty seven thousand three hundred. So about a selfie a day, days. give or take two thousand. Yeah. They um, say 55% of social media selfies come from millennials. Um, 24% are baby boomers. Do they count it if you take, like, 19 tries to get the lighting just right? <laughs> no, I don't know. Does that count? No, as I like, don't know. Well, you took 25,000, but, you know, 20 of them were that day at that wedding where your hair looked really good. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'll but. say this. I watched, again, I went on a kayaking trip today, as I discussed. I had to sit on a bus for 45 minutes with students, and I must have seen about... 800 selfies being taken just on the bus ride alone, let alone on the kayaks, let alone in the water. It's become, like, a fundamental part of, like, the youth experience. The youth culture is, like, showing these things you're doing, right? That's... I don't understand it. I think, you know, Kev, we talked about, like, how many selfies have you taken in your lifetime? Bro, like, 18. (laughs) (laughs) I can't see him doing it. Because I know, who was this for? Yeah, who (laughs) taking You need to see me, come see me. I've I've got an entire staff of, like, 18 to 22-year-old kids. Probably, like, you know, 20, 25 of them. So these kids are snapping all day long, just taking pictures of themselves, everything, recording. It's nonstop, and it's, like, second nature, and it's wild to see in the wilderness. I don't think they know how to do real emotion, either. Like, they'll probably practice, like, 75 times. Oh, these kids are very emotional. (laughs) You know, I I hate to talk about, like, big school stuff again, but this makes total sense. I had to give a lesson today for about five different kids from different age ranges because I got I had to watch them in my classroom before we left for the field trip so I had to come up with like stuff to discuss with them that was like broad right I couldn't give them I'm like like, here's a history of crossword puzzle I could have just done that and sat Mm -hmm. at my desk but like that's no fun yeah so I did this thing where I pulled up like the top 12 life skills that students going into high school don't know how to do yet Right, and we went through the whole list, and there was like twelve of them. It was real basic stuff. It was like write a check, like go to the grocery, like yeah. you know, like pump your own gas, like weird stuff, right? But one of the things I talked about with them was like communicating with people. I gave them this example. I was like, so let's say me and uh, me and Kevin are texting, right? And he sends me a picture of a T-shirt he gets, and it says like it's got a Kobe Bryant number eight T-shirt, whatever. And I say I send him back a text message. I'm like, yo, that jersey is so cool, bro. I send it. If I said to him, dude, that jersey is so cool, bro, that totally changes the context. This generation has yet to understand the nuance between context when you're speaking in text versus speaking in person. And that's the biggest thing I've noticed that selfie culture sort of suffers from. And are they do emojis? Everything's like an emoji or something. There's a disattachment from real communication, though, to a certain extent. Like, it's harder for them to talk to adults and other people or, like, get jobs or audition or interview for people, right? Like Trying to get your middle schoolers jobs? Yeah. No, I know what you mean. They, it's the way that it's become shorthand. It's really interesting to watch play out in real time. Yeah. Like in our life, sort of, because if you look back to like, because we really were those first people on the cusp of like, 
I mean, you talk about, you know, sending messages. It's so easy to misinterpret tone in a text message. Mm-hmm. How many times have you been having a conversation? Like, say you're like, you're talking to some new girl, you're dating some girl, and you're texting back and forth, and you mean to say something in a certain tone, and it comes off in the wrong kind because I, you can't really fully express yourself. In exactly. That I'm gonna, actually, I'm going to take a minute to just say in 2017, we should be able to do text in italics. Somebody yeah, give me italics in my <laughs> damned text messages. Yeah, that's a weird one. No, bold, <laughs> like, no italics. <laughs> this is one of my personal pet peeve projects. Somebody program the italics in the text. I'll give you a fair amount of money per month. You kind of <laughs> just blew my mind. I am a little surprised that... In I've the, been in saying this, this yeah, for a really long time. That's kind of wild. It would really be so much that. easier to express your point if you could use italics in text. Because italics is inherently yes. sarcasm, right? Not you can you can infer tone depending how talented you are at expressing your thoughts in written communication, but it's a tool that can be used to much better elucidate the point that you're trying to make. People, I think, and it's not no, that no. hard. No, it's not that. But people actually get frustrated because when I have to explain something or it has an emotion with it, I have to call you Gotta because call you. I can't Gotta like call. really tell because you'll take it. They take it 10 different ways. And yeah. then I'm in like, an unless you're somebody I talk to and like text. Like, yeah. Like at a regular, if I'm regular. texting with my brother, I can get my point across because we understand yeah. each other and how but, to communicate that way together. Yeah. That's why I find like stuff like Tinder. I know getting people online dating to be really awkward and hard to understand. Right. Cause you don't know if you get into it. Okay. So let's say I'm on Tinder, right? And I match with Let's somebody. Let's just pretend. pretend. Let's pretend I'm on Tinder. dating again. And I match somebody. <laughs> and I and I match with somebody. I'm already kind of skeptical of who this person is. So like, if they say something to me, <laughs> like how somebody, said yeah, yeah, that. they swipe. They're like, oh, this guy looks all right. You're like, oh, that was a matter of you. Well, because it could be a bot, right? I assume True. it's fake, right? So, I feel like everyone who's on like Tinder or a dating site is on high alert for creepos and weirdos anyway. So they're looking for anything you say that could be out of context in the negative way. They're not looking at it in a positive mm-hmm. way. If you say something that could be vaguely taken out of context on like a dating website, people are taking it to the worst possible extent because they don't trust anybody, right? Mm-hmm. That's where I see the problem with like Tinder dating. Okay. Yeah. Also, Tinder is lame. I've decided I, I don't really. I feel like it's got to be tough. I've, I've never been a Tinder guy, but I feel like it's got to be very tough in an area that's this small. Can I tell you that the first, and you know, big game James, love you buddy, but the first time I ever met Sarah Foster uh, was on Tinder. That's funny. <laughs> Speaking of. We realized we had like mad mutual friends on Tinder and then met in real life. I was like, I know you, you're that person. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, Tinder's weird. Especially, That's what I mean. Yeah. I feel like you would know everybody that you see. You know a lot of people on there. It's really weird. Yeah. It's weird. I've never been on Tinder, so of course I, not. Yeah, I can't go, on, go into that. Well, you were married, so it's called Ashley Madison. It's not called Tinder oh, anymore, yeah, and that's Madison. for that's something different. That's you where want, you go to get your credit yeah. card information stolen. Always on Howard Stern. They and email like sent to your wife. Oh, and three interesting facts. 70, 74% of Snapchat photos are selfies, yep. and 1,000 selfies are posted on Instagram every second. Oh, that's wild. And in 2015, more people died from taking selfies than from, from shark attacks. Because the sharks have a bad rap. <laughs> the so sharks have been ex- misrepresented by the media. My exciting news for you this week. No, that was good. And you know, it's it, you know, it's fu- it's funny. Like we're Snapchat. a very narcissistic society. It's funny to hear some news you can laugh about. Some of the other stuff we've talked about this episode, like it's funny to have some news where you can laugh at the silliness of this wild. World I actually had a search in. for news that was in, like tough, something that wasn't like. That had no politics involved, so... Um. Lately, even my sources for, like, funny news have been kind of full of, like, sad news. I, I, had a, I texted my husband, like, do you have any news sources I can go through? And he sent me three of them, and I'm like, these are good, okay. So I can work yeah. with these. I stand behind the fact... I stand with you behind this one, by the way, before we get off the selfie thing. I don't think that 
in the last five or six years, I've probably taken more than ten selfies. There's not very many photos. That was beforehand. That was beforehand. <laughs> you know it's bad radio. Nobody saw him do that. Uh, no, but we don't know. I said last, that's why I specifically said five or six years. When I first got this. So he was doing them for a while. You know what? Yo, you, I'm saying, all right, all right, all right. The right. Same They're amazing. All right, so. They should be in a museum. Those wouldn't be called selfies. That was all iPhoto. That was when I got the new laptop. Yo, bullshit. If you take it with your laptop, it's a selfie. Oh, so it's still a He's sitting in front of this very it was the iPhoto thing. We were doing all the different lenses. Sitting in front of this very same right. laptop that we speak into. I wish we could see them right now. I'll okay. pull them up afterwards when we're done. Not at this moment, certainly. Um, it's hot in here. It's hot in here now. I know. I'm sweating. I hear you, though. Like, for what reason? Like, who needs... And you see, who, I say, and I take you know, a selfie. Who is this for? And I see people, and they post the same one of themselves throughout the week on Facebook and on Instagram. And I'm like, we get it. We know what you look people like. People like it. It's attention, man. Like, it's nice when you, you post some shit. You get, like, something like, you know, 90, 100 likes. Like, well, oh, damn. Do something uh-huh. cool then if you're gonna have a selfie. Be somewhere awesome. Uh, for the sake of it being about a hundred degrees in here, dude, it's so hot. Uh, and we've oh, already yay. we've already gone like seventeen minutes. I'm gonna. I, I was gonna. We, should, t- we, we, we get into All this. right, so we pushed the vaping thing back from last week. Mm-hmm. I I almost don't want to talk about it this week because I don't care because we're talked about a lot of millennial stuff. But here's the gist. Uh, despite the toxic ingredients commonly found in e-cigarettes and other vaping products, many adults don't think that second-hand e-cigarette arsenal, uh, arsenal uh, aerosol pardon me, poses a risk to children, according to a repub- uh, published report last Thursday. About one-third of adults surveyed do not, uh, don't know if second-hand uh, e-cigarette smoke causes harm to children, and 40% believe that it does little or no harm to them. It's the same kind of uninformed mongrel that you have writing blogs like that lady from before. <laughs> like these people, like those are the people this who are the writing problem. those blogs you're right now. You're not surveying these people. I'm like, hey, what did you hear about what the scientists have found? You're so, hey, how do you feel? They're like, what yeah. do you think? Like, what do you? How do you think this works? And people are like, well, this is what I think. This Doesn't matter a what you think. So. We have facts. We have things that we can look at and research. We've never talked about vaping on the show. I don't think. Do you guys have it? What's your first thought when I say vaping? What's your first initial like Rorschach test thought? Honestly, I think of a bong. Oh, well, right. I think of drugs, <laughs> I really right? Do. I do. Yeah, I just true. instantly think of taking a hit off a bong. I used to. I used <laughs> to think. Too old for this. I, I I have heard that it's possible to use a device called a vaporizer to ingest the THC that's found in marijuana. I've heard that as well. That's something that's been told to me. So that so used true. to be. That's I've only heard. You never know. Um, <laughs> it's so I, I've I've heard this, and so that's what I used to associate it with. Was the people who would tell me about yes. things like that. But vaping in its short-term, shorthand like that, it makes me think of all the people, the nerds and fedoras on the internet, they make fun of, like, vape culture, bro. Vape culture, it makes yeah. me think of, like, hashtag vape culture. Because it's become, like, an internet thing, these people who blow these crazy clouds, and it's kind of impressive to see what you can blow all this wild smoke, but people taking this up who don't like smoke in the first place, I'm curious about what your motives are. Well, one of the reasons I even brought this up in the first place is because of my uh, Twin Peaks watching, uh, I've been watching a lot of Hulu lately, and Hulu has been hammering... I- all the time. Hammering the anti-vaping ads, uh, claiming the vaping is marketed toward they show kids. Show a baby grabbing the vapor. Yeah, there's a lot of that going on, and I wonder, like, yes, I'm sure that vaping is probably somewhat marketed. They have toward... competitions you can sign up at and win prizes for making the sickest vape smoke cloud tricks. But do you think that what? vapes are specifically being marketed toward kids necessarily? I, I don't think, think so. They just towards don't... youth culture, they're not marketing them towards like upper middle class fifty year olds. Certainly, that's a good point. I think they just don't want them getting into it. I think that they, they brought it in the for one yeah. thing now, yeah. but now kids are like, well, we'll do this, and it's, who, they don't want to the get people, like, The people fun, I feel right? bad for, and I know some people who have been in this boat, are the people who legitimately have used you know, e-cigs and vaporizers to, to get themselves yeah. off of smoking cigarettes and to you know, wean themselves off and break that addiction. 
and the people have used those, and now the culture is sort of, it's, it's become a culture, and it's been co-opted, so now people give you a weird look. Yes. I, there's a guy I work with. He's a great guy. He used to smoke cigarettes, and he's got that little vaporizer box all the time. I'll see yeah. him out for lunch, sitting at the bar, he'll vaporize, you know, different things. I'll see him all over the place, and because of what it's become in, like, the joke culture and the way that it's sort of become something you look down at now... People look at him and like, this. look at this nerd. Like, what's he doing? This guy's not trying to do, like, six smoke tricks. He's just trying to stop smoking cigarettes. And I think that people think it's healthy. It's fine. It's good. But there's still, there are negative factors, too. Look, anytime, <laughs> anytime in general, you take anything into your lungs and blow it back out that's not oxygen, <laughs> right? It's bad for you. Pretty inherently. Much, pretty any, much hard and fast rule. Any, like, anything else is probably bad for you, Right. So, like, inherently, vaping or e-cigarettes are probably bad for you in some way or another. I, I don't... For me, the thing about it was when va- when e-cigarettes came out, I was still smoking regular cigarettes, and it just seemed like a coward's way out. I'm like, e-cigarette, no thanks. Give me this camel bread, whatever, is that a thing? I don't even know if that's a thing. Um, <laughs> do you mean, like... But now, I, my stepdad tried to do the e-cigarette thing, and that's fine, but what I don't see, I see an e-cigarette, which is the little black thing that looks like a cigarette that has a little blue light in the end. As and opposed then, to the vapor chamber with the flavor. Yeah, I was the out, vapor chamber is the size like, of your I, head. I you need two hands. For something else so how about this? <laughs> yeah, every time. You want to talk about vaping. This past, uh, it was Saranac Thursday. I had gotten out of work, and I went down the street to have a beer with some of my coworkers. Um, and we walked by, and you know, you always see the food trucks up and down very street on a Thursday yes. out there. And we're walking up on a trailer that I didn't recognize. You work down there, you start to recognize these people, and I'd never seen it before. And it's this white trailer, and I pull up and I look at it as I'm walking up, and it's people selling vape gear. It was like oh. upstate vape something, and these yeah. people had shelves and shelves of all sorts of different little vials of liquid that were different flavors of smoke vapor or whatever they're doing. Yeah, so weird. And, but like they so had like it out there, but they had it out there just slinging, like stop to our little pop-up food truck trailer vape shop. How much are they And making? you see them everywhere. What? They're making... Were people there? Next time you go investigate I didn't that. see anybody. No, I, well, only so many hours of bandwidth. Um, I didn't know it was going to be such a hot button issue, but you see them popping up everywhere. Like, you look at weird little abandoned plazas, you'll see a sad little sign. It's like, really? right over here. Yeah. Around the corner from our house. Where the Franco's used to be There's in South Utica near Green Onion. There's one right in Hartford, too. Yeah. I don't get it. Uh, Is the business there? That's what I need some statistics. I don't know if these people, how are these uh, people in business? When, when vape culture was big in New York, when I was living in New York, um, people were doing it a lot in bars before the cops kind of caught wind that there was other things inside of them besides mm-hmm. fake tobacco, right? Right. Uh, but it was sort of everywhere very quickly. It, it, it really did seem to sort of pop well, up kind of out of nowhere. It's mm-hmm. something that like you can sell out of a bodega yeah. for like 20 bucks and just go grab one. You know what I mean? And, and for a time when people would see them on the street, they were kind of striking. Like, what's that? What are you doing? You know what I mean? There was sort of a curiosity, I think, for a long time. I got that little, the little light and this is a robot thing. Like, what are you, what's going on here? So I'll leave, we'll leave it at this. I guess we'll leave <laughs> it at yeah, this. Uh, we'll leave it at this, I guess. Uh, do you think that vaping is something that we'll see continuing going forward or is it a fad that will burn out in like 10, 20 years? Uh, once, once, Jen, go ahead. No, I over talk. Go. I want you to it's go. It's okay. No. Uh, generally, <laughs> generally once human beings have got their hooks into a vice, it's tough to see it ever go away. Okay. Yeah, I think it's going to stay around, definitely. Just another new vice, yep. just adding on to our list. Yep. Okay. All right, this was uh, this was fun. The Sarah Foster part was fun. Talking <laughs> talking about all the American nationalists wasn't as fun as I had hoped. No. Um, last part has been nice, though. Yeah, last part was okay. It's a nice recovery well, here. Yeah. It's just so hot. It's really, it's hard yeah. to overstate I'm for like the people at home. Now. 
Can I tell you? It's almost, uh, late. It's almost nine o'clock. It is almost nine o'clock. We missed the first thirty minutes or wrong. Oh well. Uh, Folks, uh, follow Heather on Twitter at heatherwise one. Uh, Kevin at Kevin underscore Kevin Sullivan at me at SF Doom. Follow the show at Uticast, uh, SoundCloud, uh, iTunes, MadeInUtica.com. Remember, folks, Saturday, eight p.m. ET Franklin Square Film Series. We will see you there. Uh, Woodstock lives. 